Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Deeper. Today, we have three special guests joining. Hey, everyone. This is Curtis. I'm happy to be with you guys today. Hi, this is Jackie. Hi, this is Ty. Thanks for just letting me join y'all. Thank you. Thank you for joining. I know Ty and Jackie are currently in Texas, so we greatly appreciate uh, your participation from Texas. Well, for this week, um, for our topic, we'll be covering the, the wheat, the barley, and the vines. Uh, those three were focused this, on this past Wednesday. But before we get into it, um, there were two questions submitted by, by you all. So we would like to kind of respond uh, to those questions before we start off. So the first question was, if the land as a high mountain represents the resurrected Christ, what do the valleys represent? Very good question. Yeah. Want to start us off, Curtis? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. I remember back in, back in college, my brother, I, he shared with me one time, he said, you know something, you know where the river runs the strongest? I was like, I don't know. He's like, it's in the valleys. And I, I just remember kind of being blown away, not totally getting it, but more kind of blown away that I think about these mountaintop experiences, but that it's in the valleys that are maybe experience of the Lord is the richest. And, you know, in response to this question, the reason that kind of comes up in me is because we, we know you know, what was talked about, the mountains point to the resurrected Christ. And, you know, I always want to experience the resurrected Christ. But I appreciate actually to enjoy such a high Christ. It's sometimes the low experiences, um, you know, the, the troubles, the suffering. And, you know, in, in the Bible, it just kind of points to the death of Christ. Everything that he went through, if I, if I want a high experience of Christ, usually it maybe starts with a, you know, a troublesome, suffering kind of situation. And I just appreciate that, you know, even when I'm experiencing, you know, the death of Christ, actually, he's really rich. And, you know, as I'm experiencing that, I'm led up to a mountaintop experience. Wow. So they're not really separate from one another. But I think I'm more just appreciative that even in a low experience, actually, the Lord is quite rich. He's pretty awesome still. I mean, this kind of testifies to our Christian experience. Um, our Christian experience, we're not always flat, right? We have the highs as the mountains. We also have the lows as the valleys. So actually, when we're in the valleys, like Curtis said, the flow reaches us even at a greater amount, you know, because by elevation, we're we're in a lower elevation um spiritually whenever we're in a deadened condition even when we're in a deadened condition this flow can reach us right and bring us back to the mountains so i really appreciate that uh, response how about we move on to the second question why is that the seas represent death but in other instances water represents life maybe ty or jackie can respond to this question yeah, I think when it comes to the seas aspect, it's kind of a 
specific to the type of water that it is you know when we're talking about the seas in terms of the death it's like kind of the deep sea almost like the abysses in the, in the ocean where it, it is some of actually the lowest and, and darkest places that you can uh, imagine <laughs> to be um so uh, in, in that instance and too also in the sea it's like you can't actually drink seawater if you drink seawater like it doesn't give you life it's actually gonna like it's gonna kill you and stuff like that so i think that's the instance that is there of why you know when we are talking about the sea it's kind of this this dark water that doesn't give any kind of life and anything yeah. versus kind of like a spring you know which is something that's coming up and is usually some of the the freshest water you know we have mm -hmm. spring water that we like to buy and drink yeah. um so that's kind of the, the difference. So I think it's specific just to the sea being a, a, a deathly type of water and not yeah. kind of water in general. Yeah. 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 In Genesis, I, I'm just reminded, you know, God uses water to judge. Right. right? Um, and that kind of separates, uh, you know, even death, you know, from life. But on the other hand, personally, we have a spring, a fountain living within that we can enjoy uh, as a water of life. So I guess in the Bible, water is, is represented on one hand, it's, it's, it's for death, but on the other hand, it gives us life. Can um, I have one thing? Yeah. I, I also like that. I think a lot of times, even I think a good example is the children of Israel going through the Red Sea. Right. And it's, yeah. it's an enclosed body of water for the mm -hmm. most part, I, I believe. And usually in the Bible, it's when we see stagnant, salty water, kind of like as Ty was pointing out, there's no life. You know, you look at a, a pond or a swamp or a marsh, there's, it's not always the most attractive thing. But yeah. when we look at a river, even Ty was kind of, you know, talking earlier about in the valley, sometimes that's like the most beautiful because that's where the river's running and like everything flourishes. So with the moving, flowing water, in those instances, it really points to life. You know, in, in Genesis, we talk about, you know, the river flowing out of, or rivers flowing out of Eden. And then even the end of the Bible, there's a river flowing and there's just so much life. So I think even seeing the comparison between stagnant, you know, enclosed, yeah. you know, salty yeah. water versus, you know, flowing, gushing, springing water that's just full of life. Um, Good. Anyways, yeah. Well, I hope this helped uh, to to answer some of your questions. Thank you for submitting them. Keep submitting questions. We love questions. Um, but how about let's let's go on to this week's topic. Um, this matter of the wheat, the barley, and the vines. Um, I know our speaker Eric. He kind of opened up the time, kind of presenting to us a a awesome menu um and he presented five uh menus right but for the sake of time we'll, we'll mainly focus on the wheat barley and the and the vines but let me give you let me start out with one verse deuteronomy 8 8 uh, it says a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and a land of olive trees with oil and of honey actually it's more than five <laughs> but how about we start with the wheat? What, what do you guys think about the wheat? 
the wheat's kind of rough. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Um, I, I read this sentence in our Rooted Daily Bread reading, and it just talks about the limited Christ, uh, it, you know, the limited Jesus, the little carpenter, Jesus the Nazarene. And the verse that accompanies all of this is John 12, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And if you just hang on the first part, which I think the, you know, the wheat kind of emphasizes is that, you know, we need to fall into the ground like this grain of wheat and die. It's, you're not like, yeah, let's do it. You know, you're like, um, can I experience something else? Yeah. Anyways, but that's that's kind of what that's the verse that kind of comes to mind is i think and even the phrasing eric brought out you know the limited jesus he had a few a few of us repeat that you know who is who's what's the wheat signal the limited jesus yeah i was impressed with that phrase of the wheat being the limited jesus because throughout the gospels we see how the lord was really limited in so many things like throughout his life so we ourselves may experience limitation sometimes and we may not like it but from my experience i appreciate that whenever i'm in a, in a limited situation i can turn to the lord and experience him because mm-hmm. he is the one who has the power to bear any kind of limitation like i'm reminded even of i think it's in chapter two of luke where he was a little boy like 12 years old and he went to with his parents to Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and then you know on the way back his parents left but he stayed there and he was in the temple but then three days later like his parents came back and basically kind of like forced him to go back with them it was like at that point even though the Lord wanted to be there in the temple and the things of his father he was limited by his parents to like to have to go back yeah. So yeah. I feel like the Lord really is the one who knows what limitation is and how to be in that kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Even in terms of the limitation, I think the limitation of the wheat sometimes is we're limited to Christ actually being our only enjoyment. Yeah. You know, we might be in a situation where we're we're trying so many things, but it's really not giving us any kind of enjoyment because the Lord is actually limiting us to only focus on him. Like yeah. he, he is the person for us. You know, it's like you're in this limited situation. If you actually turn to me, you're actually going to enjoy the, the infinite riches that I have, but I'm limiting you just to enjoy me at this time right now. Hmm. It's funny. You mentioned that it reminded me of my experience. Uh, when I visited my parents who, uh, currently live in Korea and they live in the boonies. Okay. So I was very excited. I haven't seen them in a while um, traveling to Korea to visit them. And when, when was this Hiram? This was like maybe four or five years ago, uh, okay. five years ago. All right. And so I, I was very excited. I went to visit them and I, I found out that, you know, they don't have any internet. They don't have any TV, you know, and because my phone was from the States, I had no data at the time. So I'm just there. I'm like, oh, wow. This, But the scenery and the air, everything's very refreshing. It's nice. But, you know, I was glad to see my parents. But six hours later, I was like, oh, Lord, 
<laughs> I, I need something else. You know, I, I'm very limited. I can't do anything. Right, There's yeah. no form of enjoyment, right? There's nothing else to do. Um, but anyways, I was stuck there for a week. I, I, was, I was stuck there for a week. And, and really, the only thing I could do was just to talk to my parents, uh, get to know them. I was limited, restricted, just to talk to my parents, wow. take walks with them. Actually, we read the Bible together. First, actually, it was my first time having a conversation with my dad, uh, kind of a heart-to-heart conversation with my dad in a very, very long time. So I was, and it just reminded me, even in that limited, restricted environment, it, it kind of forced me to kind of enjoy uh, the presence yeah. of, of my parents and not yeah. be distracted. <laughs> I, feel like I really that. like what you, sorry. No, go Jackie. <laughs> I really like what you said about how you were limited just to talk to your parents. Because yeah, right. I feel like when we're in a, you know, a limited situation, sometimes we're just limited to talk to the Lord. Like there's no other thing that we can do but just contact the Lord. Right. And a sentence from our daily bread reading that I really like was that it says, when in the midst of that limiting and pressing situation, you contact the Lord, he is just as a grain of wheat to you. Immediately upon contacting him, you can be completely satisfied with your situation and your limitation. So it's like, yes, we're still limited, but if we contact the Lord in that situation, somehow we're just completely satisfied, even though the limitation is still there. Yeah. As y'all were talking, I really like what Ty said. And I feel like Hiram and Jackie's experience that sometimes we're just limited to focus on Christ. I thought that was really cool. So a couple of weeks ago, I was out with the guys in my house and we were getting some exercise, skateboarding, biking, and just riding along the river. And it's like a four or five mile loop. And I get about halfway and my wheel comes off and the nut that holds the wheel on flies off. So there's no way to keep the wheel on anymore. So I have to walk. And I mean, those that know me, I love cruising on the board. You know, it was a beautiful day. Everybody, you know, we're flying, we're having a good time. And it literally just comes to a halt. But I just felt like, okay, what am I going to do now? And, you know, I just start walking and I'm just kind of like daydreaming. And I just felt like the Lord just was, all right. You know, I wanted to spend some time with you today, Curtis, but you were too busy doing this and doing that. So he finally got what he wanted and just forced me to stop. And so I had to do like this 45, almost an hour walk home from there. But it, I just felt like it was good that I, I, man, I just really like what Ty said. It's just sometimes we're just limited to even brought back to Christ. We're in this limited situation, but it's cool that he doesn't want us to see anything else. So the, I feel like in these wheat situations, what happens is we then begin to experience the barley, you know, the unlimited, the resurrected Christ, kind of like that valley. We're in this low point, but then we get brought to a higher point. You know, they're not like totally distinct or separate from one another that's a good point um the wheat and barley kind of go together i know we talked we started out talking about the wheat but the barley is is it follows the wheat right on one hand you know according to john 12 26 if anyone serves me let him follow me so on one hand we follow this limited jesus as the wheat and the lord knows you know he's a sovereign god he puts all of us in a limited environment, limited situation. But he doesn't just, you know, we don't just remain in, in that, you know, 
death and burial, right? But he gives us, gives us a provision as the barley, as the resurrected Christ, as the unlimited Christ. So I feel like in order for us to, you know, uh, what pull through, <laughs> through, through our limited situation, uh, we need to experience Christ as the barley, the unlimited one, the enabler. Yeah. You know, he strengthens us to, to, to go through those experiences in, in a limited situation. So yeah. I don't know if you guys had any experiences um, uh, of experiencing wheat, barley, same time, or, you know. I don't know if I um, have like a particular experience, but I was reminded of, you know, how um, there's a story of the Lord feeding the 5,000, but also feeding the 4,000, right? Mm-hmm. So the story of the 4,000 is only mentioned in Matthew and in Mark. And in there, as I was reading it, I felt like you can see both aspects of the wheat and the barley, even though it doesn't mention there that the loaves are the barley, but it does in chapter in John. And so in there, the Lord, um, so verse 32, it says of chapter 15 in Matthew, it says, and Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I am moved with compassion for the crowd because for three days now they have remained with me and they do not have anything to eat. And I am not willing to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And then in the story of chapter eight in Mark, it talks about how they had come, like the Lord knows that they were hungry, that they had come from a distance. But I like the phrase that they had remained with him. Mm. So it's like here we, you have this 4,000 people that, they're hungry. They're probably experiencing some limitations because they have been there at least for three days. But the key is that they remain with the Lord. It's like what we were saying about contacting the mm-hmm. Lord. They were forced to contact the Lord. And then there, the Lord feeds them with the barley loaves. So I feel like with, in that, at least in that story, like you see that they experience both the wheat being limited. Yeah. But also because they remain with the Lord, because they contacted the Lord in that wow. situation, the yeah. Lord fed them hmm. with the barley loaves. Yeah. 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 I really like kind of, I guess, the, the power that's also in this barley loaf. Because it was like, like uh, Jackie just said, like the barley, it was like five barley loaves that fed 5,000 people. Like that is not a lot of food that fed a lot of people and kind of like that, that, that supply. I think to me, sometimes it's like, you know, going through the Christian life, we have experiences where, where we want to be bold and say something, uh, you know, to, you know, to a friend or someone that we see, or, or, or even just kind of uh, wanting to, to stand up and, and prophesy or enjoy them. Sometimes like we have that initial thought of like, Oh, this is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a big hesitancy within you. It's like, uh, well, maybe not now, like I'll, I'll do it later. But like almost in that situation though, it's like if we're taking Christ as the barley loaf, he's that like resurrection life. He's that power that's actually going to enable us to, to carry out like what he wanted us to do. Like, you know, it's like yeah. I, I've had times where it's like, I have that thought, Oh, like I should talk to my friend. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think he's going to enjoy it. Uh, this is probably not the right time, but then kind of right then it's like, but it's like, Lord, like kind of give me the power to kind of come through this yeah. and, the, and then the supply is there uh to to, to speak to them uh, yeah. and really kind of like you know just just to enjoy the lord with them yeah i 
for me, I have a really hard time, like I mentioned before, like separating the two, but it's like even the, the people that were going to be fed, they were in a limited situation, but then they experienced an abundance, right? We don't have anything to eat. They were in a limited situation. You know, we want to say something to our friend. We don't know if the timing is right. We're kind of constrained and you're like, Ugh. but there's power. And I, th- I think even like Eric talked about this, that he just says, you know, it's like we can blast through with the resurrected Christ, like in these limited times. Okay. He talked about, you know, Paul and Silas being in the, the inner prison, you know, in the middle of the night. And what did they do? They They were in a limited situation, but they were on the top of a mountain mm-hmm. and I just, I, I like that even, even with the illustration that's drawn in um, John twelve twenty four, the grain of wheat falling into the ground. It's the seed, but what springs forth from a seed is, is magnificent, yeah. especially this seed. When the Lord died, what came up was resurrection life. Right. So I just, I like that. Even it's this blasting power, this, even it's just a little power. Like when the 5,000 people got fed, it was just the little boy with just the few loaves. Yeah. He just yeah. all he had is, was just the resurrected Christ. It doesn't matter how big, how small, even like this verse in Revelation says, but you have a little power. Yeah. It's just, as long as we have Christ, it's more than enough. It's not, oh, do I have this much Christ? Then I have a lot of power. Christ is Christ. Yeah. And it's just, if I just touch him, if I just touch him, I get the resurrected Christ. Bam! It's like I can be blasted through kind of, you know, my situation. And I think that's sometimes what we need, right? Maybe we're not always going to be like, oh, I'm so happy now. But at least inwardly, sometimes I need a blasting. <laughs> but I just like, it's just, a, just all I need to do, Curtis, is just touch Christ. Yeah. My concept, you know, uh, regarding like resurrection power um, was always that I need to be in like a dire situation, you know, like a serious mm-hmm. situation in order for me to apply or to be, to be made applicable. But, you know, I, I remember Eric also mentioned Zachariah 4, said, do not despise the small things, right? Mm-hmm. And even this unlimited Christ, a, a small barley loaf from a small boy, <laughs> right, can feed the 5,000, right? The yeah. power in this barley it's unlimited it's really unlimited we just need a a little faith right a little power to really pull through whatever situation in the small things or even in the big things yeah it doesn't matter right so i i really appreciate it that we can we can experience the barley mm-hmm. uh in the small things and even Eric said that if we cannot experience the Lord in small things, then we cannot experience him yeah, in the big things. I think for me, sometimes I think like, oh, I need to experience the Lord in this big thing. Mm-hmm. But just realizing, no, I need to start in the small things like every mm-hmm. day, even like, you know, talking to a friend like Ty mentioned. Or Eric mentioned the example of his knife, like not finding the knife because how many adults are now in his house. You know, just little things like that. It's like you just learn to experience the Lord, to touch the Lord in that so small thing. Yeah. Ty, you ever experienced that with uh, Braxton? Does he ever, things in the house force you to experience Christ is the barley? I don't know. Um, 
trying to think like one thing we've been having it's it's summertime in texas so the bugs come out in the summertime so Mm -hmm. i bought one of those uh electric kind of fly swatters and stuff and he's like oh it it looks like a racket to him it looks like it's just a normal toy that he could pick up and play with so yeah yeah, i have times where like you know maybe during the day um you know i've used it i've set it down and, and during the day he's been away at daycare but then when he comes home that's the first, if he sees it out, that's the first thing he runs to. So I have to like get there quickly to, to put it away. Well, to give him credit, it does look like a tennis racket. Exactly. It looks like a toy, so. We've had to put that to use ourselves. Yeah. Well, was the yeah. last thing that we kind of talked about or was brought up was the vine. Yeah. Um, what, what did what did he bring out about the vine? Well, or does think, the Bible bring out? It's not just Eric talking, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to it's, clarify, it's in, I think he met, he referenced uh, Judges nine, um, let me see, nine thirteen. Um, it says, "The vine says, shall I leave my new wine, which cheers God and men?" Um, and I think that. The vine uh, signifies the sacrificing Christ. Um, you know, he, Christ was the ultimate person who, who really sacrificed himself um, for, for all of us, right? For all of us. Mm. Um, and he mentioned this one uh, very, it struck out to me. The most unselfish person is the most happy person, Right. Um, I can't relate to that too much. <laughs> I think by default, I'm very selfish. I think most of us are very selfish, even if you try not to be. Um, but we can experience him as the vine, um, as the sacrificing one. I, I know in myself, I know I cannot sacrifice for anyone or anything. Um, sometimes I do but it's a very unpleasant sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, but, uh, but whenever we, we, we can, I mean, there's a provision for all of our experiences and right. the vine. I mean, it's just so great that we can experience him as a sacrificing one. And yeah. if this sacrifice can make you happy, make yeah. other people happy, make yeah. God happy. So anyway, that, that's just a small experience. Yeah. You know, when I think of the vine, I just think of it, it's probably one of the things that probably comes up the most, you know, that, mm-hmm. that need to, to sacrifice. I think kind of we're making sacrifices every day of the week, you know, yeah. either it's sacrificing time to, to do something that we don't want to do or yeah, spending money to buy something that, you know, we, we have to get, but we didn't budget for it and it's not like actually something fun or or something like that um and so i find this like kind of uh probably one of the one of the most experiences of christ i have is probably as the vine just having him you know sustain me through 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 those experiences uh through it because it's i i know like like hiram was saying myself it's you know, it, I am a quite a selfish, selfish person, you know, and it might not necessarily be in terms of, you know, 
not giving things away and stuff. But I, I know for, for me, it's time. It's like, I, I want my time. Like me time is the most important time. If you ask me to sacrifice that, uh, <laughs> that's not a pretty sight. <laughs> so I had uh, an experience, I think it was last semester, actually, when it was like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and one of my friends called me. And, you know, at that time, I'm like, I'm sleeping. And I love, you know, my my sleep to get my eight hours each night. So then she called me, and I answered the phone. And she asked if she could come to my house at that time. So anyways, I wanted to keep sleeping, but I knew she was struggling. Like something had happened. She couldn't be at her dorm. So, yeah, I said, yeah, just come over be here. And then she came and, you know, I was really tired. So I feel like if that little experience was a little of sacrificing my sleep, my time just to be there for her. And so she came, she explained to me what happened. And I don't know, I just felt like that was a really sweet experience of helping, like being there for her and helping her like look away unto the Lord, not just look at the situation that she was experiencing. And in a sense, like I feel like because I was able to sacrifice my sleep, my time, there was something produced that cheered her in that situation. And afterwards, um, I feel like our relationship, or like our friendship, it just went deeper. Our enjoyment of the Lord, it was just, the Lord really used that situation for us to open more to one another and learn how to minister the Lord to one another. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just a sweet experience of having to sacrifice my time, my sleep, but the Lord was, I experienced the Lord and she experienced the Lord. So. Yeah, it's more. pretty good. Do you, uh, do you want to tie it up, Hiram? Sure. What a menu, uh, what a menu that was presented. I hope that we all would not just appreciate the menu, but really endeavor to have a direct personal experience of Christ as all these aspects. Um, it's a great opportunity. It's a new week, a new day um, to experience Christ. And uh, I think that's all we have for today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, we can respond in our future com uh, podcasts. Please submit any questions that you may have. Um, you can submit them at anychristiansoncampus.com. Uh, thank, thank you again, all the guests, for joining. We'll see you all next time.